So today I'm going to cover the favorite subject called AI. We came up with AI way before the world. Aren't you glad? In the kingdom, we came upon AI. As we read our scriptures, are we going to read it in, in uh, Genesis chapter 12? We're going to read about AI. Has anybody got it yet? Apostolic identity. Right? I don't need some little creepy machine to give me anything. <laughs> I don't need it at all. When I read my scriptures, I understand that there is a purpose to which the church has been called. Christ has paid the price. He's poured out His Spirit. He's told us how it's going to work. We see the example in the book of Acts. And we're almost at the end of the book of Acts. And every single time we look at any one of the incidents, it's about the apostolic identity that is on each of us. Not on a few, but every one of us is called to be apostolic. You see, oftentimes we think the, the success of a church is in its gathering power, filling the auditorium. And it is cool. You know, you must admit, today is encouraging. But our maturity is in our sending capacity. And the maturity in your life is, is your AI developed to the degree where, as we read about Uncle Abraham or Father Abraham, whatever you want to call him, it's yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We, we need more of that. And why? I'm going to put our slide up for today. Okay, we practiced this. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have to say today. I'm going to read a few verses around that. But that's what it's about. That's the very backdrop of heaven. That's the prayer. That's the discussion. That's the, the kind of working out of time from where we are now until the end. That's the expectation of Christ brooding over every single nation of the world. We may have erected per, uh, political boundaries. He sees them as people groups. And as he looks at those people groups, he looks at them in two ways. Saved and not saved is not right. About to get saved. Because we are more optimistic about that. For God so loved the world and we make it all about ourselves always. Father, that's for me the starting point of developing an AI, an apostolic identity. Break the selfish approach to Christianity. Break it, Lord. I'm saved so that I can impact. And you know, one day, we will have testimony night in heaven <laughs> when we're all together, and we're gonna look. Man, thank you, Father, for putting Russia in my heart. Thank you, Lord, for putting Kazakhstan in somebody else's heart. <laughs> and so we go. It is important. Any of you looked at the map? Look at it now from where you're sitting. Look at our map at the back. What do you notice about our map? The gold stars. What do you notice about the gold stars? They're very sparse. And so God is doing something with us in southern Africa, more or less, to impact the world. And large amounts, like America, millions, hundreds of millions, South America, Southeast Asia, we need to see way more happening. And so... I can safely say, as I read scripture, every single one of us 
Because we have an apostolic identity, we need to be saying, God, what is my part in that? Because ultimately you answer to Him, right? What are the excuses I've made? Why aren't my prayers directed there? Why isn't my giving directed there? Why isn't my excitement about the nations? And why is it always just about me? You want to know one of the ways? Why is, again, it's a selfish one. Is we, are look for, we look for ways to fit Christianity into our lives, on our terms, with our time the most important thing and, and our pursuits the most important. no. Romans 12 verse 1 says, we offer everything up as a living sacrifice to Him. And so, how do then I fit my life into Christianity? And you said, yeah, that's cool. You, you get paid for this, you church paid elder. This is expected of you. No, it's expected of every single one of us. And it's not a heavy. It's, Father, show me my part in all of this. I'll give you an example with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Leave that up. If you have a Bible, please read with me. I think it would help us to follow. So up to this point, Genesis 1 to 11, we blew it. <laughs> we got given the perfect opportunity. We listened to the enemy. We gave in to sin. We showed that there's the sinful, evil nature that needs to be dealt with. And it's kind of like everything came apart. Here is God's rescue plan. Okay, if you were to start Genesis chapter 12, how would you start it? Kill them all and start again. <laughs> Why not? you God. Disobedient, you just squish them like ants. Ba, ba, da, ba, 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 ba. And especially you. <sighs> now we can start once more. Yes, God. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Already he had said to Eve, your seed is going to crush the enemy's head. We know that Christ on the cross did exactly that. Took his power away, has given us a new future. Thank God for that. Here's the gospel again in verse three. Through your seed will all the nations of the world be blessed. God is interested in nations. And he says, I'm gonna make of you a nation. And as Christ dies on the cross and is resurrected and is ascended, he sends his Holy Spirit and he makes a new nation called the church. And through the church, he's going to bless the nations of the world. That's the game plan. That's the way God is going to sort out what happened between Genesis 1 and 11, how the whole thing fell apart. This is God's plan. That's how it is. No other plan. Doesn't matter what philosophy says or what popular opinion says or, you know, some kind of uh, I don't know, cartoon humor says, it's all about him choosing us like he chose Abraham to bless the world. So as you sit there now in your AI, your apostolic identity, is God able to bless the world through you? What's your part in it? So why did Abraham go? 
The first thing is God selected him. God called him out. Wherever it was, God said, Abraham, you need to go. You see, when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, we respond to his selecting. God selects everybody in Christ Jesus to be born again. And everybody said, Yahoo. Thank God for that. And do not go with some of the teaching that says selection is God selects some to be saved and some to burn in hell. That doesn't make sense to the scriptures at all. And so in Christ, every one of us, because of his sacrifice on the cross, have been selected to be born again. And if you are not born again, you are in exactly the right place. Because at the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept him. And so, whoops, salvation was explained to me. I accepted it. And immediately I knew my apostolic purpose. I knew what God was calling me to. So will you respond to the invitation and receive Christ as Lord and Savior? Because this is not a program we enroll in. It's, it's something that happens to us. And because that's happened to us, I'm born again now. Now I want to make a difference. That's what it's about. The very fruit, one of the first fruit to being born again. How is God going to bless the world through me? Ask yourself that. Pray that. The second thing about Abraham is obedience. Obedience. Go and I'll show you. Usually we want to be shown first what's in it for me. Will I be famous? Show me the motor car. Give me the house. Show me the privilege. Show me the benefits. I want to be famous in all of that. That shows me, and I've gone through that as well, there's wicked, evil nature that needs to be dealt with. Because obedience, it's not conditional. It's here I am, Lord. You laid your life down for me. I'm laying my life down for whatever you want. I want to be a blessing to the nations. And that is the very next thing every one of us should buy after we've purchased our Bibles, is an atlas. And that's what we need to brood over like the Holy Spirit does. And as we do, and as we worship Him, and as we thank Him for whatever believers are in Brazil and Mexico and Saudi Arabia, there's something of a vision will begin in our hearts. And I do not believe any of us has only been called to the local. You might produce way more fruit in the local than others, but every one of us has been called to the nations in some way, in some way. And you cannot have this potential gathered to worship the king. And the only question he can ask is, are you comfortable? Are you blessed? Let me make it about you again and let me tell you how good you are. No, obedience to the Great Commission. And then the third thing, why did Abraham go, is he got given a promise. He could see absolutely nothing. He had no children. But he got given a promise that through you, I'm going to bless others. Isn't that the ultimate kind of good and the ultimate purpose that any of us can have, is that others are blessed? Have any of you tried to give? Who likes receiving? I didn't say what. <laughs> Who likes receiving a toilet roll? <laughs> or if you need one, that's a good idea. 
but it does show you we do like receiving. I know, it kind of as a kid, you just couldn't wait for Christmas, so you opened them before, and you knew exactly what was there. Parents are so doff, really. Anyway, we do, but greater than that is the thing of giving. I'm going to bless other people through my life. Others are going to know something of God. There is no greater blessing than that. And I want to challenge you, go and, I don't know, go and draw a thousand rand. And if you can't, come and see me and Andrew will draw it for you. So (laughs) put it in envelopes, hundred, 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 hundred. And just as God leads, go and bless people. Until already you can feel the release of kingdom in your life. Now we have the world's solution to everything, salvation. Let's go and share that. How am I going to bless the world? God is going to use me to bless the world. And you know what? Those he calls in this way, he equips. He'll give you everything you need. You'll never run short. There'll always be a gift flowing. There'll always be an anointing. There'll always be a grace of God. And we'd be able to do that. We're happy with the principle, right? Now we're going to get to the kind of nitty-gritty of it. Haven't you ever thought about this from Sarah's perspective? If you notice carefully between Genesis 12, verse 3 and 4, there's a little hieroglyphics thing there. Just check your Bibles. Something that, if you've got eyes to see, you'll see it. Because this is what went on between Genesis 12, verses 3 and 4. The night Abraham went home. (laughs) And he tried to explain this to Sarah. Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh boy. There is no gap, there's no comma, and there's no hieroglyphics. This is just a little bit of license. Abraham never had a lot to go on to convince his wife because they were pagans. They were in uh, a great city with a great library apparently, and they served other gods. This was God intervening. And you can't tell me that we were all so good that we attracted salvation. Not at all. I just, I eventually gave in because God kept on getting to me. He kept on showing me the evilness of my life. And it's like God put his finger on Abraham and I can imagine Sarah saying, okay, so which God? There's many now. And he was trying to explain to her, no, the one God, the true God. Already she's kind of on her defensive. And then as he started to explain all of this to her, can you imagine her questioning? And it wasn't because she's a woman or any other reason. It was, this was a difficult one to come to terms with. Why has he chosen us? Who is this God? Why has he chosen us? Well, let's wait and see. Come on, if your husband came home with this, Jill, (laughs) you would say, maybe you need to go back to God and just hear again. Because you know what? God always leads us in a way that is clear and confirmation. And you know, there's, there's always good things we can see in it. And then what do you mean going, not knowing? So we, let, let me just work with you, Abraham. We're going to pack everything on our donkeys and the rest of it, now camels and a few family members, and we're going to gap it. We're going to go. Where? He, he just said, from where they were, I don't know, where was it? Come, scholars. East, west? 
Okay, somewhere. <laughs> they just went. Shows you how uncertain it is. So that's what we're going to do. What is the chief thing you're always concerned with in the car with your husband? He won't use the GPS. He just goes. No, I know, sweetie. I know you turn left here and left there. You know, I know where we're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this was, that's where it's, I think all of this was born. This, just this ability to, to want to just go and not knowing. I just say to Adele, eventually we'll find it. You know, we kind of move in the general area and then we'll find where we're going. She's still not convinced. He had, not, he had never had much to go on. And then the, the million dollar question is, okay, I, I can maybe get my mind into some of this, but how is he gonna bless all nations through us, through you? You know, like you're not the big king, you're not the great guy. How's he gonna do that? They had very little actual evidence, fact to base any of this on. Only a faith in God. And that is what I want to encourage us with. Because Abraham becomes the father of faith. And the father of faith wasn't called the father of faith just because it was a nice title that stuck to him. It was the way he approached things. He believed what God had said. And whatever God had said, he was going to follow hard after. And he was tested. And he did kind of make a few mistakes on the way. And Sarah laughed and so on. And you can read about it, normal. And those things are included in Scripture to show us. It's a journey, but starts with, accept Him, this one God. And it starts with being obedient. And it's, I will go. And realize that as you are with Him to bless the world and the nations, you're going to be with me. I want a part of that. And so that's where our AI gets developed. Father, would you reprogram the way I approach life, the way I do things, the way I kind of anticipate Christianity? And so, you know, you fast forward to the end, and there's this wonderful time when they've identified in the book of Revelation that Jesus is the one worthy of presiding over all of history. And it says this, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, that's world history, for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Isn't that beautiful? Every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. We go back to the Tower of Babel where we were scattered because of our arrogance and our kind of ability to see ourselves as important, our humanism, he scattered us, but now we get gathered together in Christ and we become a new nation, one language, salvation, one king, one baptism, one expectation, mission is to bless that world. That's what's important to God. Worthy are you, Lord, because you paid the price every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. That is why it's so important that politics is separated from Christianity because there is no ways any political party owns Christianity. It's in the hands of Jesus and every single one of us have the responsibility to live out this message. I don't need a country and a political system to tell me what to do. It's in the scriptures and he tells me what to do. That's how I live it out. Amen.
You guys are missing out on a lot of opportunities to say amen. amen. You may as well just get it over with. Amen, 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 and then we're done. Then we go to, they say, Genesis 1 and Revelation 22, 1, uh, 22, chapter 22, Genesis 1, first chapter of the Bible, last chapter are mirrors. Genesis 1 falls apart, Revelation 22, it all comes together. Let's read the first few verses. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, the gospel, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Isn't that beautiful? There's this beautiful river flowing from the throne to us. Through the middle of the river, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. In other words, the tree of life is back now. This is the picture of us all together. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Can you see how important that world is to God? Right now the river flows and he's saying through you, the nation I've chosen, like with Abraham, the nation that he chose in Abraham, I'm going to bless the nations of the world. I want to bless this world. And that message, the message that we have, that river, the gospel, brings healing to the nations. Isn't that awesome? So should we just keep it to South Africa? No. Yes, we have had some little streams going out to other countries. And now we say, Father, thank you for bringing us so far. But now we want to go further. We want to. We want to offer up our lives as living sacrifices for this. So I'm going to end with this. A summary of the fourfold purpose of Jesus Christ. Very easy. The first thing is Jesus is our Savior. Can everybody said? Yahoo. Amen. Jesus is our Savior. We receive salvation by faith. It's entirely a work of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And guess what the introductory verse is? For God so loved. <laughs> so now we've got it. Let's them, let them get it. Next is Jesus is the sanctifier. What does that mean? It means He's making us into the likeness and image of himself. He is the model. He's the one that we're going to become. And guess what? In Matthew chapter 4, it says about Jesus, he went everywhere preaching. He went everywhere teaching. He went everywhere demonstrating the power of this gospel. So in the sanctification process, it's not to make us neat and clean and so we can be put on shelves and to be shown off. It's to get us to the point like he did with the disciples, go. He sent them out before they were finished products. Yes, there was no ways we would send them out today. Not with their wild attitudes and their, you know, their personalities that were still, you know, had lots of Issues, warts, bumps, and all. But the issue is the sanctification process is made possible through going. And so we've got to see every single aspect of what, who Christ is, and we've got to see that that's how I get this identity and love that world. Forgive me because I don't love that world. The third one is Jesus is the healer. Jesus our Savior, Jesus, our Sanctifier, Jesus, our Healer. You know what the thing I think he's got to heal the most? Is this thing. Let me read it to you. It says in verse 11 of Isaiah 14, Your might and power were buried with you. The sound of the harp in your palace was ceased, has ceased. 
Now maggots are your sheet and worms are your blanket. <laughs> Just say, thank God that's not me. <laughs> How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. So here we get it. The enemy, the morning star as he was called. This one who could, he, his whole body was a worship instrument. Satan the destroyer, his whole plan. We need to understand through the wars and the political upheavals and right now Israel is under extreme attack and you name me a country that's not going through some kind of war. He is about destroying nations. That's his nature. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to the heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. And then God says, instead, I will bring you down. So the very nature of the enemy is I'm on the throne. Would you heal me, Lord? Because Jesus needs to be on the throne. Because that is the greatest stumbling block I feel. Lord, I want to change from just a self-centered attitude to one where other people are important. You know, the fact that people are dying without salvation in some of those nations, it's important to God, and so it's important to me. So how are you going to allow him to use you to bless the nations? We need to be asking him, what is our part? Of course, step out your door, and you've got opportunity everywhere. And as you wait on him, he's going to show you where to go. We've got trips out of this church on almost every two or three weeks. And if necessary, we'll organize more because the idea is we need to get this gospel out. So heal me, Lord. Change me from a hospital to an army. Change me from a luxury cruise ship attitude to a warship. Change me from being a spectator to a participator. And then the last one is Jesus is returning soon. And most of us, it's, it's almost like seems to be good to be true. But he is, he's coming back. And he's coming back to this great number from every nation, all tribes and people and languages. And his idea is he's going to gather the nations of the world before him in Matthew 25. And he's going to judge between the sheep and the goats. And those that haven't accepted him are going to go to the lake of fire. I want to see heaven populated in a massive way. You? So how is he going to be able to bless the nations through you? Through, that's a good conversation to have with your kids, your wife, yourself, in God's presence. And so I will conclude with Psalm 2 verse 8. And it is written to Jesus and about Jesus, but I believe he passes on the challenge to us. Ask of me, and I'll make the nations your inheritance, and the ends of the earth your possession. And so we come back to the questions that Eve probably asked, uh, Eve, Sarah asked Abraham, and I think all of us are going to have to answer that. Who is God? Who is this God? Number two, why has he chosen me? Number three, what do you mean going not knowing? And that's for all of us. And number four, 
How will he bless the nations through me? Let's bow our heads, let's pray. 